Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another edition of 10,000 Pitchers presented by our good, good friends over at Stimulus Athletic. StimulusAthletic.com is where you need to go if you run or own a soccer, baseball, basketball, ultimate frisbee club, uh, and you're looking for an affordable place, you can outfit your club with quality game gear and apparel. Look no further than Stimulus. Give them a try. Let them walk you through the process and let them earn your business like they have with so many great clubs locally, nationwide, and even worldwide. Just look what they've done with the likes of Turbo Sports FC, who will be, who we'll be talking to later on in the podcast. Look at what they've done with Vlora FC. Look what they've done with Joy Athletic Club, Tulsa Athletic, and even the Anguillan national team all have utilized Stimulus Athletic for their jerseys and for their on and off the field apparel. They've gone through Stimulus because they get quality products and quality service at a very affordable price. So again, let Stimulus walk you through the process. It's free to have kind of a consultation with them. So go to StimulusAthletic.com, click that design tab, click that get started button, and just let them know that Jeremy from 10,000 Pitches sent you so they know that their investment in this podcast is worth it, right? Let them know Jeremy from 10,000 Pitches sent you. Again, StimulusAthletic.com. Here we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome into another edition of 10,000 Pitches presented by Stimulus Athletic. Visit StimulusAthletic.com to outfit your club with quality game gear and apparel at affordable prices. What is up? Jeremy Russian hanging out with you solo dolo this week, and we have reached episode 47 of the cast. We're calling it the cast now. That's what I hear. All the kids are calling them casts, not pods, not podcasts. So uh, I guess that's what we're going to do from here on out. I was told that's what I should do, so that's what I'm going to do. Um, it would really be awesome, though, if you could follow us on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Shoot us a follow or a subscribe, whatever they call it, on that particular platform. And then leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you could. We actually just almost this week cracked back into the top 100 in the Apple Podcast soccer uh, charts. We've reached as high as 61 uh, back a few months ago. I would love to kind of consistently be in that top 100. I think that would be awesome. So subscribing is a great way to do that. Ratings and reviews are huge for that. So if you could do all three of those things on Apple Podcasts, even if you have an iPhone and Apple's not your preferred podcast platform, it would really be a huge favor to us if you could go to Apple and at least leave us a five-star rating and review. That'd be awesome. You could also follow us on all socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We are at 10K Pitches. Uh, another dual interview podcast this week. We'll get to that in a second. But if you want to go back and listen to some recent podcasts, some recent interviews that we've done, maybe this is your first try. Maybe you haven't listened to the podcast in a while and you want to hear what we've been doing lately, I would highly recommend it. Last week, two great interviews, two great stories. First was Med City FC goalkeeper Alexander A.J. Jarvis talking about his battle with severe aplastic anemia that he went through last summer. Um, this is a life-threatening illness that he battled, and uh, he continues to have to take precautions uh, because of it, but he is getting back out on the field. He actually completed, uh, competed with Bellevue College, is currently competing with Bellevue College um, in their spring season, and then once he's done with that, he's going to be back in net for Med City this summer in the NPSL, which is awesome, so talk to him about that. Also had their head coach, Neil Cassidy, on the call as well, and just talked to him about how excited he is and how ready he and the club are for the upcoming uh, NPSL slate, which uh, gets started here uh, just about a week away. 
So uh, UPSL starts this weekend. NPSL starts next weekend. And speaking of UPSL, uh, FC Minneapolis of the UPSL was represented on the podcast last week. Had their attacking midfielder Ian Sendy on the show. And talk about great stories. His journey, Ian's journey from Uganda to Minneapolis. He came to Minneapolis to join Minnesota United's Youth Academy or to compete for a spot, to try out for a spot in their Youth Academy. Then he caught malaria, and so he couldn't compete. And by the time he was over malaria, they had already filled the spot. Then later on, he gets in a car accident, and he just didn't know if he was going to ever be able to get back on the field. He was told he couldn't. And now he is back on the field with, with FC Minneapolis, one of the best stories you will hear, one of the best stories I have heard on this podcast from Ian. And then had their head coach, James Olderanti, as well, on to talk about the upcoming UPSL slate. So two amazing stories, two amazing interviews with local clubs on last week's podcast. I would definitely go back and listen to those if you have not. But this week, speaking of great conversations, Turbo Sports FC's Cephas Dean is on the show. He is their owner, and he's ta- he was on to talk about uh, kind of creating Turbo Sports FC, some great plans they have on and off the field for 2021, and just how rare he and the guys are uh, for, uh, you know, a little chance at redemption, a chance to prove that they belong in the UPSL after a couple years ago, sort of not necessarily meeting their expectations. So um, definitely great conversation with him. And then uh, Spam FC Scholarship Foundation board members Van Hong and Amy Morris were uh, on the uh, show as well, are on the show as well, I should say, to talk about the opening of applications for this round of the Scholarship Foundation. Great conversation with Van and Amy about that. Uh, that's coming up a little bit later on in the show. Uh, like I said, I'm rolling solo this week. Actually, to be completely transparent, Ethan and I recorded a segment uh, last night. I'm recording this on Thursday night. Wednesday night, Ethan and I recorded something. I hit the record button. Everything was fine. And then all of a sudden, the file just didn't convert. And I wasn't able to actually get it ready to post for the podcast. And I'm, I didn't really want to sit there and just watch it crawl to 100%. I mean, it had been half an hour and it had gotten to four percent so that wasn't going to happen so solo podcast this week i promise ethan will be back with me next week to break down the upsl slate and preview npsl week one uh but let's get to the headlines first and foremost usasa region two amateur cup second round union dubuque had a record-setting performance as they routed upstart spartan fc 14 to nil According to at US Open Cup on Twitter, which is not the official US Open Cup account, it is actually just somebody who kind of uh, covers the US Open Cup. Um, it is the largest margin of victory ever in a US Open Cup qualifier. Because technically, the Amateur Cup is a qualifier because the winner of the Amateur Cup does qualify for the US Open Cup. So the Amateur Cup is technically a US Open Cup qualifier, it is the largest, mar- largest margin of victory, victory ever, 14 goals as Dubuque uh, beat Spartan FC. Uh, that's, I mean, that's a pretty jarring score. It is Spartan FC's, it was literally their first ever match as a club. And when you're a club at the grassroots level, like Spartan FC is and like much of the WPASL is, when your first match is against a solidified Midwest Premier League side, like Union Dubuque, it was always going to be an uphill battle. So do not think that this is some sort of uh, indictment on Spartan FC. It is not. These clubs at the grassroots level go through these growing pains 
all the time at the beginning. This is not, uh, you know, I don't want to say this is not surprising because I don't want to seem like I'm putting down Spartan FC like I was expecting this, but this is definitely not something out of the ordinary for a team like Spartan FC to go through in their early stages. So just keeping that in mind, take that scoreline with a grain of salt, considering kind of the, the upstart nature and the kind of the beginning nature of Spartan FC as they get ready for the WPASL season upcoming, which starts uh, May 16th. Now, in the other Region 2 Amateur Cup uh, second round match that happened this past weekend, FC Minneapolis knocked off Hayward Wolfpack 7-1. to Again, you're talking about a WPASL team at the grassroots level taking on a solid lower league side uh, in FC Minneapolis. So there is a bit of a difference in quality, right? Uh, Hayward Wolfpack actually had a 1-0 lead in the first half of this match, and it kind of got away from them in the late going. So, uh, again, should be great seasons in both the WPASL and the UPSL when you put two teams from those when you put teams from those leagues together, especially in the early going when rosters aren't necessarily solidified. Maybe these teams don't necessarily have all their guy their all of their guys in. It's tough. It's just tough. So um, a couple of lopsided uh, score lines there, but again. It's not necessarily out of the ordinary when you're talking about early season, even preseason competition like this. Uh, and then in preseason friendly, Vlora dominated Bateau 11-0, again, furthering my point that I've been talking about through the first portion of these headlines. Um, on the MLS pitch, Minnesota United falls 2-1 to to Real Salt Lake in the home opener. Not really going to go too in-depth on this. You can listen to podcasts like 55-1. You could listen to the Dummy Run podcast. You could listen to Post Loons with myself and Eli Hoff, our rapid reaction, our immediate reaction to that 2-1 loss. That is up on the podcast feed. It's up on Twitter at 10K Pitches and also up on YouTube. If you just search 10,000 Pitches or search Post Loons on YouTube, you'll be able to find it there. I uh, do want to just mention the fact that David Ochoa, now public enemy number one in Minnesota, probably won't be coming to the state fair this year after uh, punting the ball into the crowd. I mean, you shouldn't do that, right? He was fine today. Uh, I guess that's all right. Personally, I, I thought it was worthy of a, of a suspension because it does directly violate sort of the code of conduct, right? If you're a fan, you can't throw something onto the field at the players. You would be kicked out and probably banned for life. Uh, you know, it kind of goes both ways there. So I'm, I, you know, I'm not up in arms about it. I do think it deserved at least a one game suspension, but I also am, I'm not going to lie. It's kind of exciting to kind of formulate a new rivalry for Minnesota United too. I mean, we have kind of the, all the always chippy matches against Colorado. We have the friendliest rivalry in sports, the nicest rivalry in sports against sporting Kansas city. Um, but you know, maybe something with some real animosity there with RSL, which, you know, it kind of sucks that it started like this, but it, in a way, it is kind of exciting to have a new rival for Minnesota United. Um, this weekend, they welcome Expansion Club Austin FC to Allianz Field Saturday, 7 p.m. kickoff. Uh, post loons will be happening after the match. I will not be part of it. Actually, I am doing play-by-play for Inter-Minneapolis this year, their home games in the UPSL season over at Bob Pates Field in uh, – Burnsville. So if you're attending any one of Inter's home matches in this spring season, stop by, say hi, come by the press box, give me a wave. I'll be the one doing play-by-play. And if you want to watch on the live streams, they're all on MyKuju, a great platform for lower league clubs to actually stream their games. So um, I'll be doing that. So it'll be Grant from the Dummy Run Podcast and Eli Hoff. My two guests from the last two weeks will be coming together to do post loons right after the match. Again, 7 o'clock kickoff, so probably around 9.30 is when post loons will start on, again, YouTube, 
Twitter, and our they'll, it'll be up on our podcast feed uh, after the fact. Moving down uh, to the USL League One level, forward Madison signs former Mingo Audi Jepson. Um, returns to forward Madison after a year or two at, at St. Louis FC. Um, supporters of St. Louis FC, though, the St. Luligans, I think is what they're called. They came together with forward Madison to actually start a hashtag sign Audi trend on Twitter. And each tweet with the hashtag sign Audi garnered a 10 cent donation to the forward flock soccer fund. And if you just look on Twitter, just go on Twitter right now and, and look up the hashtag sign out, sign Audi, and you will see a ton of tweets, a ton of hashtags. So a lot of great money going to a great cause there. Uh, just kind of cool uh, that uh, just a signing can like spark something that that does great for a charity and for the community. That's that's fantastic. And then um, something that is both Wisconsin and Minnesota soccer related. Racing zone, Jesse Marsh. The former head coach of New York Red Bulls, now former head coach of RB Salzburg. No, he didn't get sacked. He is getting a huge promotion, taking the head job at RB Leipzig in the Bundesliga next season. And guess what? If you recall, that's also where Minnesota-born Caden Clark is going in 2022. So when Clark joins the club in 2022, he will presumably as long as Adams is still with the team, which he should be, be alongside American Tyler Adams and play for an American coach in Jesse Marsh. So two well-known former MLS U.S. men's national team players playing for one of the top teams in Europe under an American coach. That is fantastic. And obviously Clark, Minnesota ties, Marsh, Wisconsin ties, very cool local tie-in with that too. I think one of the funniest things to me, and I apologize to Andy Grader, I apologize to David Naylor, I apologize to Wes Berdine for uh, poking fun at this, but I guess Marsh turned down the Tottenham job. I guess he was offered the Spurs coaching job, and he said, no, I'm good. I'm going to go coach Leipzig, which is, I think, a great move on his part, but uh, I'm not going to lie. I, uh, I LOL'd. I think I literally tweet, quote tweeted that uh, report and said LOL on Twitter because that's just hilarious to me. Um, those are your headlines. I will be back on the other side of these two interviews to talk about what is on tap in the world of lower league soccer. Spoiler alert. It is all about UPSL play beginning this weekend. Oh shoot. I have to make an announcement actually. Cause Ethan and I, well, Ethan pretty much took care of this when we recorded now the non segment, because this was kind of his doing. Cause he is kind of the, the graphic design kind of overall visual guy call him chief good vibes officer here at uh at 10k but anyways announcement time we're actually doing a little bit of a rebrand if you check out our socials this morning you will see that things look a little bit different new logo uh kind of just overall different look for 10k we thought it was about time and we really want to make sure that this solidified the fact that we put a lot of time and a lot of investment into this the time that ethan put in to actually creating these graphics and working with me and kind of getting my input on what I thought worked, what I thought didn't going back and forth and, and coming up with, with new branding that we think really works. It was a lot of time. It was a lot of investment, a lot of energy, a lot of late nights. And I want this to, to in itself to prove that this is not a podcast. This is not an entity 
that's just going to phase out after a few more months. We've been at this for almost a year. We plan on being at this for years to come, growing this, doing new things, expanding, evolving, and continuing to do what we set out to do with this podcast. And that is provide a spotlight, cast a much needed light on all of the all of the great soccer that's happening in the state of Minnesota, but now obviously we've expanded that across the upper Midwest too. Wisconsin, the Dakotas, Iowa. So much great soccer happening in the upper Midwest that just doesn't get covered much. And we want to be that place that gives it the coverage and time and effort it deserves. Games start this weekend. We promise to provide you the best possible coverage we can. Now, we're not going to be at all the games. I'm going to be doing play-by-play for Inter-Minneapolis. We will cover it as best we can. We'll get all the information we possibly can from the clubs in terms of what happened at the games, scores, who scored. Like We want this to be the hub. That if you're a fan of soccer, any of the leagues, any of the lower leagues, any of the grassroots leagues, colleges in the upper Midwest, this is the hub where you go to learn about what happened. And to learn about all the great clubs and players and coaches in this league. This is the exact same little tangent I went on in the very first episode back in May of 2020. But this rebrand, I just kind of want it to be that, that solidification that we are here and that we're not going anywhere at 10K. And we're going to continue to do what we do. Um, cannot thank Ethan enough for his time and effort. Like I said, all the, all the graphics, all the branding, that is all him. He has gotten so incredibly good at graphic design. I just hope we can keep him doing it for us and we don't lose him. Uh, but I would totally understand if he did because he deserves to, to get paid and get paid a lot for what he does. Um, so that is really it. That's all I want to do. That's the announcement. New branding. Two actually big announcements coming next week, too, as we continue to move toward our first anniversary, which is coming up here in late May. We're just adding new things to the mix here at 10K that I am super excited about. And you will learn more about that on next week's episode. But right now, two great interviews on the way. First up, it is Turbo Sports FC owner Cephas Dean. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you also enjoy my conversation with Spam FC's Amy Morris and Van Hong. I will be back on the other side of both of those. But first, let me tell you about our newest sponsor, Surfshark VPN. Protecting your online data and information, especially in a COVID or post-COVID era, is more important now than it has ever been. Hackers, fishers, email spammers, they are absolutely licking their chops right now because things like remote work and overall more time spent online means more victims. Don't let that be you. Surfshark VPN protects your online data so you can browse and work with the peace of mind knowing that you're doing so safely and securely. Surfshark has a super fast connection so your online experience will be uninterrupted. And if you look at any tech magazine or online resource, Surfshark consistently in the top two or top three and their price blows their competitors absolutely out of the water. Right now, you can get two years of full Surfshark VPN service on unlimited devices for just $2.49 per month. That's $2.49 per month. You will not find a better deal than this. Just visit surfshark.deals slash 10K. That's surfshark, S-U-R-F-S-H-A-R-K 
deals, D-E-A-L-S, slash the number 10 K, one zero K, and you'll get that Surfshark VPN for just $2.49 per month. Thank you so much to Surfshark for sponsoring 10,000 Pitches, and as always, I implore you, I ask you, please support the great companies and businesses that support 10K. All right, now on to this week's interview. I now have the absolute pleasure to welcome in somebody I've wanted to have on the podcast for a very long time, and now as the UPSL season is just at the time of recording, it's a few days away, but at the time you're listening to this, it is one day away or it is today. It yeah. is Turbo Sports FC owner, Cephas Dean. Cephas, thank you so much for joining the show. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So before we get into all the excitement, season's ramping up, season's starting, um, I want you, I want to go back a little bit and have you talk a little bit about your personal soccer background, kind of how you got into soccer, how you're exposed to the game, and then what led you to obviously creating what has now become a UPSL organization. Okay, so um, from the time I can remember, I've always been around the game from my dad playing and my older brother playing. Um, and so I got into the game at a young age. I did quit for some time growing up because I felt at some point it was kind of forced on me to be involved with soccer. Yep. Um, so I got like lacrosse, football. At one point, we wanted to play hockey. Um, oh, wow. So, so yeah. Um, then about like towards going into high school, I got back involved with soccer um, and actually went to Paracy's Academy. After going to Burnsville, I went to Paracy's Academy and played under Yosef Darbaki, who's actually like my uncle. So yeah, um, played under him. Then went on to college and then went to NDSU to finish because I got injured. I was going, I went to Juco, played Juco and stuff like that, got injured. Okay. So I went to NDSU. Um, and yeah, I've been playing ever since. I can remember and just love the game, love everything about the game. Um, love to be involved in the game from whether it's playing, coaching, being a mentor, some young guys, whatever it is, just a junkie for the game of soccer. So I wanted to get into something you mentioned. You mentioned that that you quit soccer because you felt it had, a, it had been forced upon you. Um, mm -hmm. Were you playing other sports at the time you were playing soccer or did quitting soccer in your mind kind of develop those avenues to pursue other sports? Uh, I was not playing. It was soccer year round. Okay. Um, I had like a good soccer background. So I think he just like, at some point it was like soccer, soccer, soccer. And Absolutely. Being like a young kid in America and stuff like that. I want to explore other things. Yeah. So, um, definitely I'm blessed to like have him steer me in the right direction. Cause it's a part of why, a part of why I do what I do now. So. Is that something you're now taking and sort of encouraging, uh, you know, your players to do the, the guys that come through the turbo program to do is, you know, not just focus on soccer, but maybe also, um, you know, be, be well-rounded kind of, if they want to play other sports, play those other sports, not necessarily get to a point where maybe you're getting burnt out at an early age with the game. Um, well, right now it's turbo sports is like all really just men. Um, mm -hmm. We have like a couple young guys, but like, even from like when I coach, I urge my kids, if they do want to pursue soccer, pursue it all the way. But if you have other aspirations and other sports you love, definitely give those, um, give those a go because at the end of the day, all sports build character and all sports build relationships with other people. So absolutely. I completely agree. And I think kind of being a more well-rounded athlete can only help you if you evidently, you know, if you end up wanting to pursue soccer, um, oh. as your, as your main goal, you know, playing other sports at an early age can kind of help develop that athleticism and different, different, different aspects of your game that can def actually help you exactly. later on. Would you agree? Oh, for sure. I would agree. Yeah. Um, so talk about a little bit how you came from, you know, your, your background growing up, playing in college, playing in Juco, and now coming up with Turbo Sports FC. 
Um, you know, when did this come in your mind in terms of creating a club and how has the process been and how long has it been? And just how, how did this all come together? Okay. So, um, originally in high school, a buddy of mine was just reminding me the other day, Grace, when we actually played on Turbo Sports, was reminding me of like how I used to say in high school, I'm going to own a team one day. I'm going to do this one day. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it didn't come until, um, when I was in North Dakota and just really like, I really didn't play soccer as much up there. And like, I would have to come to the cities just to kick a ball and stuff like that. And um, I came back when I was in college and played for Lions FC of the MASL. And I just saw how they ran in and everything like that. I really loved the idea and stuff like that. And so it just started with, in 2017, with me getting some guys together that I grew up with playing with, just putting a men's team together. We started actually in the MASL. Mm -hmm. So we started there. Um, and just after that, it's just, it's just took off. And here we are today. Now you started in the MASL you've now have, have, you know, expanded and grown into the UPSL. Um, did you have, when you, when you created the team, did you have any goals, expectations for where this would go and how have these first few years gone and maybe in comparison to those expectations? So, um, when we started in the MASL, I remember I did have a conversation with a guy who's like been a mentor to me, Ian Cindy from SC Minneapolis, also Adi yep. from um, Vlora. Two who, great friends of the podcast. I actually had, had Ian on last week and had Ani on a few weeks ago. So yeah, definitely. They were great. They were great episodes. But yeah, so like I had conversations with them and they literally just told me like when the time's ready, you'll know and just take that step when the time comes. And I was kind of nervous at first, but I think after the first year of the MASL, I knew I wanted more and I knew I wanted to grow. And um, the opportunity came with the UPSL. Someone actually reached out to me. And um, yeah, from then on, it just, we did the move, I believe, uh, in the winter of the first, of the 2018 season of the UPSL. So yeah, we joined like really late, right before the season start, started. And it was a tough year. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. It was a tough year. We got last place, unfortunately, but there was a lot of growing lessons um, with a lot of guys I actually grew up on the team with the word they were on the team. But like, from then to now, it's grown and like, it has met some expectations. Um, it's definitely a blessing at the end of the day. Um, mm -hmm. I've built great relationships. I'm always, I'm always open to learning is I'm always loving the new experiences. So um, the when I look back, it's like when I started and what I wanted for Turbo Sports, it is moving in the right direction as far as growing and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, you see teams, even, even Vlora in their, in their early days in the UPS or, you know, in their early days, uh, you know, of being a club had their struggles and now they're, you know, they're, they sat at the top of the table in 2019. Um, what were specifically some of those learning experiences? What specifically did you learn in that first season um, that, that you're hoping to take and translate and obviously translate into better success here in 2021? Um. The biggest thing is going with an open mind. Uh, me being as young as I was back then doing it, I expected to come in and just run away with it due to the players we had. But like, also just like being a better leader, um, being more in tune with the game, listening to like what people are saying. Not like, I don't really feed into the negative comments really, yeah. but more so like, I listen to opinions from those that are close to me that want to see success from the club. Um, even like the mentors I have, even like with Adam Cribble with um, Minneapolis City, like if he has an opinion, I would listen. Um, Adi, Ian, Amir, guys like that, like I would listen to because I know they want the best for me and to see me grow. 
yep. and the respect is always mutual. So definitely just being aware of the situation, just growing and always having an open mind leads to more success, I feel like. And I wish I knew that back then. That, yeah, that's amazing to hear how, you know, you've had those close conversations with your rivals in the UPSL. It's talking about Vlora, FC Minneapolis, MC2, like some of the guys you'll be competing most with, uh, you know, pretty intensely with this coming season. But off the field, you guys are kind of all coming together and, and supporting each other and helping each other's clubs grow. I think that's a very cool aspect and a cool dynamic of, uh, of Minnesota soccer and just kind of lower league gra- grassroots soccer in general. Kind of everybody is down to help everybody else, even though they're competitors on the field. Oh, yeah, for sure. I feel like most of the time the games get so intense that people like things like it's, it's a team sport. So regardless, those 90 minutes, tempers flare, things get said. You want to, you want your team to do well at the end of the day, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, when everyone's home and things like that, there are those close conversations of like suggestions of how you can grow of like, what do you think? Like your opinion, things like that. And I really look, I really respect those guys a lot because um, there's times I've called them, with uh, big questions like what should I do this this and they've always steered me into the right direction and giving me the best advice yeah I mean to, to, to be transparent so when we put our um you know our predictions up for each league in between, before the season doesn't rub everybody the right way you know and you know I, we have some conversations with some clubs who are less than happy with kind of where we put them in the standings but at the very end of the day they're just they're just so they're passionate about what they do and they're passionate about their club. And at the very end of the day, though, those conversations always end up being something that, you know, we always uh, reiterate that we're here to support one another and we're here to help one another. So I think that's cool that kind of that aspect happens within the clubs themselves. Cause even as somebody who just hosts a podcast about lower league soccer, I'm kind of seeing both those dynamics come together as well. For sure. And I, when the pot, when your rankings actually dropped, I was surprised we were four actually like, I was like, Oh, I thought we were going to get lower, but four, I love it. Love being there. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, hopefully you prove me right coming up the, here in 2021. Um, so, so let's talk about what's happened in 2021. Um, you know, I've spoken with a, a few of the other UPSL clubs about the, the couple one-off tournaments that happened during the pandemic, the goals, Minnesota cup and the Minnesota fall cup. But I really want to focus on with you, Cephas talking about kind of the, the preseason friendlies that you've had um, and kind of what you're seeing from the club here in 2021 specifically as you head into the UPSL season. Obviously, it's tough getting guys together in January to play an indoor soccer friendly. But, um, you know, what what are you seeing from the club and, and how are you feeling as we kind of get closer to the season here? Um, from the moment we put the teams together um, with the trialists and everything like that, from when we played Minneapolis International to playing FC Minneapolis to Florida and now, I've seen a big improvement. Uh, the guys have certainly come together. Uh, we've improved. Um, the communication has gotten better. So I really feel those at the end of the day, preseason is preseason. It's to help you grow. So um, the losses, the wins, it really doesn't matter to me personally because it's preseason. But um, I definitely see us having a good year, a solid year, whether it's a winning season or a losing season, it, as long as we're just growing in the, and treading in the right direction. I Absolutely. think that's the most important. Um, of course, you'd like to go undefeated and win every game, but realistically, yeah. that, what are the odds of that really happening? Yeah. But um, yeah, I just want to see us continue to grow in the right direction, competing in every game and um, getting results. Um, and I feel like right now where the club is at with the players we have and how we're gelling together, um, I think that's realistic. That's going to happen. So, so you guys start. 
Yeah, absolutely. You guys start UPS, your UPSL season on Wednesday. A lot of the teams are starting here on Saturday, but you guys start yours on uh, on Wednesday, May 5th, correct? Up at Granite City? Correct. And that's, that's over. Yep, that's up in St. Cloud. You can definitely check out um, Turbo Sports on social media uh, at Turbo Sports uh, MN, I believe is your handles. Um, yep. Check out, you know, information about how you can go if you do want to make the trek up to St. Cloud and watch the opener on Wednesday. Um, now, one of the big announcements you guys just made, in addition to, you know, announcing the roster and the schedule and all that good stuff, is the launching of your reserve and development side, Turbo 2. Uh, yeah. I want to talk about this because this is not something a lot of teams at the UPSL level are doing, is having the, this second t- side, second team. Vlora has one. Um, I talked to Inter Minneapolis a few weeks ago. They said they have a desire to launch one. Um, obviously, Minneapolis City has Minneapolis City 2 and the Futures program. But, but when it comes to you guys specifically, how long has this been in the works and how did this aspect of your club come together? Yeah, so um, it is exciting because um, it, we did try this in 2018, actually. We had a second team in the MASL mm-hmm. and it, it just wasn't the right time. So we didn't really bring it back. And um, with everyone that came in, we had a great turnout at tryouts. So mm-hmm. it came to a point is like, do we build something for the future now and actually like go all in with it or do we just you know cut people and stick to one team and I felt like it was the right thing to do the route we took which is having a second team within playing a non-league schedule for the first year bringing it back um both teams do train together so first team and the second team played they train together so if guys do move up or guys move down no one's missing a beat really yeah. so you're familiar with who you're playing with and obviously I look at Minneapolis City and Florida City they're doing a, top, a first team, a second team, and they both built into youth. And that's something I've always had an aspiration to do. And so even though we're not with the youth really completely, mm-hmm. it's something that's getting cemented. So in the future, that can be a possibility with the club. Okay. Now that was my next question. If Turbo 2 will operate more as a reserve side or have some youth development aspects to it. Are you saying it's strictly a reserve side for now with the plans to develop into youth in the future? So this year it is a reserve team really. And then in the future, we do hope to have a youth system where players are coming in, moving up to the first team and Mm -hmm. things like that. So yeah, it is definitely something of the future to have a youth program, but as of now, it's a non-league reserve team. Now you mentioned kind of a fluid structure where guys can kind of move up from the reserve team to the main squad or vice versa, depending on, you know, rehabilitation or if a guy's performing really well at Turbo 2, they can move up. Um, I mean, obviously you haven't really gotten much of a look at, at these guys uh, aside from tryouts and probably, um, you know, limited, limited training, limited practice time. Um, do you see any guys on the Turbo 2 side that could make that jump to the main, to the main roster this year? For sure. Especially at, they had a game last week. No, yeah, two weeks ago and, they, a lot of guys actually stepped up and I was surprised actually and like we have some first team guys even playing with them and even so so like it's it's a good mix and I feel like it also builds it makes players work harder because at the end of the day everyone wants to be on the starting 11 on the first team Definitely. and if you know that's what you want to play for it's going to make you more hungrier to go in and give it your all every time you step on the field and wear that jersey. Can you give me a couple names both on the senior team and on Turbo 2 that we should be looking out for this year? Oh, um, that's a tough question. <laughs> that's all right. I know I put you on the spot a little bit. That was not in the pre, uh, the pre-question list. So I apologize. I'll give first you a little team, bit of time to think of it if you want. First team players, guys that have always been solid for us. Um, unfortunately he's hurt right now, but Ishmael Simmons, um, we have a guy, Zach, 
uh, Dave Nicholson. He's really good. Um, Ferris Arifi. Um, we have veteran players like Mulanga that's been good. Um, some guys from Augsburg. Ooh, this is tough. We have defenders like Colin Wusu, Foria. Um, our goalies are good. Salvador NIU, he's a really good goalie, actually. Okay. Um, so just a whole host of names. A lot, a lot of guys that that'll that'll step up. A lot of guys that have been improving from the from the day one to now. There's a lot of guys that have made a jump. And so I'm excited. I'm, yep. I'm really excited. So is yeah, that crop mostly local? Um, just kind of a follow-up question, or do you guys do you have a, a, a decent amount of guys coming in from out of town? Is it a good mix of both? What's that like? Um, I know we have a player from Duluth actually that drives down to play with us. Um, we have some oh. guys from the south suburbs. Most of the guys are locally within the Twin Cities, okay. but yeah, we have guys from really all backgrounds. Um, guys coming from Duluth, which is amazing to me. That's just yeah, a that's awesome. I would have never thought Turbo Sports would be known in Duluth, or guys would want to come from Duluth to play. Um, and just mostly guys from the Twin Cities, small areas of the metro. So, yeah, I mean, and if you think about it, though, logistically, you know, aside from Duluth FC, there really isn't that. I mean, I think the Twin Cities is so unique, maybe even nationwide in terms of the amount of clubs and the, the, the density of soccer that there is to play, especially at the local, the lower league and grassroots level. I mean, you have a full UPSL, NPSL, MASL you know, you have full leagues for all three of those. It's, it's kind of crazy to think, and that's not the case, you know, a lot of other places. So if you're a guy in Duluth, maybe you, you, you know, you, you don't make the Duluth FC roster or whatever, um, you know, what, you know, what, you don't have a lot of other choice, right? But yeah, it's definitely something to see as growing up here um, that there really is a soccer presence from being really a little kid to all the way up to professional. So like, mm -hmm. it's definitely something we're blessed with to have in the cities. And um, honestly, I just like to see it grow more yeah, teams, join UPSL, more teams join the NPSL, um, Minnesota United signing more local players and stuff like that. So it's definitely something I'm excited for, for the future. It just tells what's to come for Minnesota soccer. Awesome. And what's to come for you guys. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, 2021, obviously getting back on the field, competitive play in the UPSL, that's got to feel good. Um, but any other plans or goals for you guys, as far as maybe uh, stuff happening, not necessarily on the field, growing the brand, growing the community, you know, that, that sort of thing, what, you know, as things start to open back up and hopefully we're able to kind of have normal life as we head into the, at the end of the summer, uh, you know, what do you guys plan on doing? Uh, well, I really haven't told anyone this, maybe besides Adi, he knows this, but um, we plan on rebranding the club next year. Ooh. Um, so Very that's cool. something we've been working on, exciting. Um, I won't give any more. All right. Hey, I'm happy. I'm happy with all the inside <laughs> information I can get. So that's great. But yeah, we plan on doing a rebrand next year, something more. Because when I started Turbo Sports in the beginning, because I'm a sports management major, mm -hmm. and so I wanted to do things. When I started Turbo Sports, I had plans to do like, basketball things hockey things like all types of sports for what i love and mm -hmm. doing things for the youth but like it's never really i want to give it a name where it fits for soccer yeah so um yeah definitely we're gonna change we're gonna rebrand it and um just continue to grow um i feel like sometimes people just focus on just like the three months we're playing soccer and then they just forget like in the off season but like just overall just grow um Definitely want to do some things within the community, um, whether it's charity work or youth work or things like that. 
but overall growth and then the rebrand, obviously. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll be on the lookout for that. Turbo Sports FC, only Turbo Sports FC for a limited time. You heard it here first on the 10,000 Pitches podcast. Um, Cephas, I got to say, I mean, people can't see it if they're listening on the podcast, but you are wearing quite the stimulus athletic zip up there. Big yeah. fan. Um, you guys obviously, uh, you know, work with stimulus this year for your, for your uh, apparel, your jerseys and stuff. Um, being that stimulus is, and Jason are great partners with us. Uh, tell us a little bit about, about your experience with them. What led you to choose them? And then kind of how that whole process was working with them. Oh, I love it. Um, Jason's been a great guy. Um, he's helped me bring my ideas to life. And he has a great team with him that work really closely with clubs. And I urge anyone that if you're looking for jerseys to go with Stimulus. Um, I remember back in 2017 when we came, we went straight to Nike. And um, I saw, I remember playing Dynamo in Minneapolis City. We're the first teams I really see do Stimulus, really. And so um, 2018 in the UPSL, um, that's when I made the switch and we had a set of jerseys from him. And then we decided to have the new ones we have now with him, which is like the black and blue and the gray and white ones. But yeah, they've been great. Um, they feel great. They actually like are durable and stuff like that. And They're comfortable. <laughs> even like the zip up I'm wearing, like I could wear this in the street and stuff like that. It's really, it's really awesome. Like mm-hmm. it blows my mind every time, so. Yep. Quality apparel at affordable prices. That's what stimulus is all about. So I'm glad you kind of experienced all of that with them. Uh, Cephas Dean, Turbo Sports FC, any parting words, any predictions, anything we need to be looking out for, you know, put you on the spot again, but uh, you know, uh, any, you know, just give give me anything you got. Um, Just be excited for a great season from all the teams. Um, Every team got stronger this year. Mm -hmm. So just be excited to, have soccer back and like play competitive, meaningful games again. Um, thank you for having me. I know we've been trying to do this for a while now. Um, thank you for all you do for Minnesota soccer and for having me. It's, it's a blessing to be here. Well, it's my pleasure, Cephas. The, the, uh, the feeling is definitely mutual. I'm sure as the season gets going, we will kind of continue our conversations when I have you back on again. It's Cephas Dean, owner of Turbo Sports FC. Cephas, thank you again, man. Cannot uh, tell you how much I appreciate just, uh, you know, all the support that you've given us, you know, looping us in on everything you guys are doing and best of luck this season. For sure. Thank you. And I now have the absolute pleasure to welcome in two board members from the Spam FC Scholarship Foundation. It is now three-time reoccurring guest Van Hong. And new guest of 10,000 Pitches, Amy Morris. How's everybody doing tonight? Great. Awesome. I'm doing well. Yeah. Jeremy, thank you so much for having us uh, back again. Thank you for providing the platform for us to kind of share our story. And, you know, really just having the platform to just discuss what we do and, and what we do for the community. So thank you. Well, it's my absolute pleasure to, to have you guys on. Honestly, the pleasure is all mine. Um, Van, we'll get to you in a little bit, but Amy, being that this is your first time on the podcast, first of all, welcome. Uh, second of all, please tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of, uh, you know, a little bit of background on you and then also kind of how you got involved with Spam FC and your role in the organization. Sure. Um, so I am a St. Louis Park resident. I have one high school son who plays for the St. Louis Park High School soccer team. And I have a daughter in college. Um, Who's at Connecticut College and rowing this year as a Division One rower, so that's pretty exciting. Fantastic. Um, yeah, so I met the Spam guys 
probably we think about 10, 12 years ago. Okay. Um, and my kids were way, way littler then. And they played soccer with my brother and uh, we got to know each other and hung out and I'd go watch the games and my son always wanted to play with them and often they would actually let him. The rule was if you wanted to play with the big boys though, you had to, you had to be able to hang with the big boys okay. and they have taught him a lot over the years. Yeah. Um, and I think as I got to know them and you know what, what they were trying to accomplish. Um, I've done a lot of nonprofit work in the past. And as I watched them work through, you know, how, how, um, what the right word is, um, you know, passionate they were about helping others. I just was really drawn towards the organization. And I got to see it firsthand with my son. So Van would call me on the phone and say, hey, Amy, can I pick up Kwame and take him to go play soccer with us? And I thought, oh gosh, who wants to, who wants a 10 year old with you when you guys are, you know, in college wanting to go play soccer? Yeah. But they always took him um, and he had a blast and they have taught him so much beyond soccer. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's really been such a great friendship and just a bunch of great big brothers that he's had and he knows he can count on and I think the part that really made it special was it was never just about soccer mm -hmm. there they wanted to know that he was growing as a as a whole mm -hmm. so when Kwame got good grades Van would take him out to eat or they'd stop and go get ice cream or something. But they always made sure he knew that grades came first, mm -hmm. soccer came second. Um, and that philosophy is really important to me as a mom, obviously. Um, but the more I started to learn things from them, the more I started to open my mouth and give ideas. Yeah. <laughs> and I think <laughs> as that happened, um, you know, I started volunteering a little bit and then one day Van goes, well, we made a decision <laughs> and you're going to be on the board now. Oh, and I thought, wow. oh, I didn't <laughs> surprise <laughs> to go there. But um, no, it's, it's such a great honor to work with them and to get to be a part of this organization. And you just don't see very many groups of 20 year old guys decides that their community is this important and they they want to give back and they don't give up and they don't ever say no and they're always willing to take it to the next level and that's just exciting to be a part of had you asked about being part of it before or did they just kind of give you the spot <laughs> and said hey surprise here you go it's yours i mean i may have given some feedback along the way you know for some of their events and stuff and I think as it as it happened um the more I opened my mouth the more I got involved in and mm. then I was on the board <laughs> yeah we, we had to bring on so <clears throat> absolutely yeah.
That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, has, has your son, you know, considering his experience with, with Van and the guys, has he been able to kind of uh, tell others about his experience and maybe encourage others to get involved with spam that kind of the same way, uh, you know, through the scholarship foundation? Or yeah. Otherwise? Yeah. Um, him and his friends have had some really great experiences. Um, they, uh, Kwame actually emceed our dinner last year, which was super exciting, you know, at 15 years old to get to, to do that. And he was Crazy. really nervous, but once he got going, they were such a great, you know, they're, they're so good at making him feel comfortable and building his self-confidence. Mm -hmm. um, and so last year, I think he brought three friends along and they, they really enjoyed giving back and being part of the dinner and whether it was hanging up people's coats or you know just helping around at the tables or getting donations it's it's a really good sense of pride for them to get to to participate in that and see it's such a good role model experience for young boys to get so that they can see that like you know, they got to see the speeches where people were helping, you know, that were getting the scholarships and what that looks like and mm -hmm. how important giving back to your community is. And I just think the mentorship that they've built through this is huge and yeah. it goes beyond just giving the scholarships. I can, I can see the emotion that it invokes in you on, on your face. Obviously you can't see it on, on the podcast right now, but um, you know, just, just talking about your son and the way he's sort of grown and the, you know, the help he's had along the way and kind of, but you utilizing that it's one thing to have the opportunity, but then to take it and sort of make the most of it is a whole different thing. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of, a lot of moms or just parents in general listening to this, that, you know, kind of, I, I you know, I hope or wish that my son or my daughter kind of gets the, that same opportunity and kind of that same, you know, hand kind of out for them to kind of help them through it. Um, you know, is, what are some of the stories, I guess, are you hearing a lot of similar stories to your and your sons in terms of, um, you know, not, not necessarily being involved in the scholarship foundation yet, but sort of the same stories, maybe pre when you guys were involved or when you, when, when Kwame kind of had that, you know, when Van guys kind of took Kwame under their wing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think they, the thing about them is they're always willing, like if somebody reaches out or somebody, you know, needs a hand to push them to that next level, these guys are always willing to do it. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter what it is. If it's a phone call just to be like, Hey, you know, I mean, same with my daughter, Van reaches out to her and, you know, tells her what a great job she is in doing in college or you know, um, the friends that Kwame has, they all know the Sam guys. Yeah. So that it, it does, it does. They, they do an amazing job transforming little lives that needed it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and even the people that have earned scholarships, their, their stories and the way that we make sure that, um, we tell those stories, whether it's through a video or some things on our website. Um, it's more than just giving money. Yeah. And, and it's a, it's a bigger commitment than that. So, so now that you're, yeah, on board, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, man. 
Yeah, I think I would totally agree. So to Amy's point, this is definitely beyond just a scholarship. And I think the three things that we really um, pride ourselves upon is building a community through soccer and having that focus on education. So, you know, providing the kids an opportunity to to show that they can play an important role uh, in terms of giving to others is amazing. So seeing how Kwame killed it at the last, um, the last uh, Spam FC scholarship dinner event was, was crazy. I was so proud. Mm-hmm. Um, Wilton was there too. He's helping uh, uh, with everything. And then Bichardino, one of our guys from Futsal Society was helping out. Like, that's great. Like, that's what we want to do is building a platform for young people to come join us and um, allow them to see their, their value as, as young people and to say, hey, I have a lot to offer too, even though I'm like really young. So you know, for us, it's about, you know, reaching beyond the pitch, uh, reaching beyond just the dollar signs for the, the scholarship foundation stuff, and also just providing that space for inclusivity. So definitely really proud of that. Yeah, it's amazing when you when you build that platform for somebody or somebody has that platform, kind of what they can do with it and the types of amazing things that you can see that they can they can do and they can be um, very, very cool. Um, so, Amy, now that you're on board with Spam FC, um, you know, what are the key initiatives that, that you sort of support within the organization? Is it strictly the scholarship foundation and kind of how how are you involved in that on a day to day basis now? Um, so I do a lot of the event planning, which obviously this year has been a little harder with everything in the, in the COVID, which was not great. Um, so, you know, we've had to learn to, you know, kind of, um, get adventurous and try some new things this year for fundraising, which is great and important. And we're learning some new things, which is awesome as we grow. Um, but I think what will, always be my my biggest draw towards spam and what I what I go to first when I explain it to people is how important community is for everyone and that if we really took that piece of what spam means and what our what the story is behind spam you can do just about anything if you get a group of people together who are committed to something. And so that community leadership and that um, very natural thing that happens when you get people together like that to create something is infectious. And the more that we we grow and the more people we get involved and the more people will tell, it's just, it's a total good feel to, to have. and you want to do it more and you want to be involved more and who doesn't want to help kids get to college? I mean, that's just fantastic. And, you know, it's just soccer is such a great melting pot too. Um, It's always been a part of my life. My brother played all through high school and and into college. And um, when my son started playing, that was equally, it's just, it's just a great feeling to be a part of. I mean, you ask any kid about their athletic background, they probably will start with, oh, I started by playing soccer when I was like four or five. It's always kind of that like first sport that everyone plays. So to kind of kind of 
play off that and sort of use that as kind of a, a springboard to, you know, prioritizing the community and specifically prioritizing the youth in the community and help them grow and kind of empower them, kind of like Van said, give them the platform to sort of fulfill kind of their, their full potential and sort of be everything that they want to be and can be. Uh, that's definitely a great way to do that. So I, I completely agree. Um, so for those of you that don't know, Spam FC, um, based out of St. Louis Park, plays in the MASL. Um, and uh, they started this nonprofit organization the, with the Scholarship Foundation to help students who have been impacted uh, by soccer, help them pay for college, which is great. Um, Van, anything you'd like to add to that little kind of baseline background that I provided there? Yeah, definitely. I have to say this, otherwise the guys will be mad. Um, so we are an MASL Division One champion. Defending Division champs. Three. That's right. That's right. Got to put some respect on our name, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> in addition to that, I think Amy really covers it all. For us, it's about, like I said, it's building community through soccer and then building the platform for education. I think for us, it's about paying it forward, building the platform for um, for communities to come together and do something great for you know the broader community. So, yeah. And before we get, because I know you guys have a big announcement to make, before we get to that, I'm, I'm genuinely curious, you know, you've been doing the Scholarship Foundation for a few years now. Um, have any of the guy, any of the kids that you've gotten involved in the Scholarship Foundation, I mean, obviously the summers are the times where you guys play, have any of them expressed interest in playing for you guys? Yeah, we, we do have quite a, a few players that come back and, and play with us. So um, I know Cole... Schwartz from from Gustavus, um, two-time All-American, probably going to be, uh, I think if they do All-American again, he's probably going to get it. He just had a hat trick the other day. Nice. Um, phenomenal player. Uh, um, Matthew Gibbons, um, Natum, Coda. Uh, there's a lot of guys that do come back and want to play with us. Um, in addition to just playing, I think one of the proudest things that I've – experience as a late is one of our first scholarship recipients just landed his um his first full-time job after being a contractor and he texted me like dude I just got my first full-time job like I'm so happy blah blah blah. I'm like just sitting back just so proud that um yeah, man. we get to play a small role in it so it's it's really amazing um that's so awesome. it just makes like the work that we do like the late nights that we have um feels like it's purposeful and like you know, we are creating, you know, change, even in like small. So just get ready. Because the big thing, a, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Amy. The, the big thing is there is that how many times do kids get scholarships and then reach out to them years later and say, Hey, you made more than an impact of just the monetary, you know, part of this. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that speaks volumes for, for, you know, a, above and beyond just money for college so I think that that's just a huge huge deal yeah I think that's a great point because when I was in college I do remember getting a, uh, a leadership award from the Asian Student Association and I thought man I was like $1,500 you know incredible I think mm -hmm. that's definitely one of those things that helped spark my interest in, in finding ways to help support others when I had an opportunity, you know, uh, to do so. 
Well, and what back to what Amy mentioned about, you know, having, having the thought to sort of text, you know, the guy about, you know, text the guys about receiving that uh, or getting that job and thinking to thank them. I mean, that's, that's Van and the guys setting the example too, right? They're the one they're checking in. They're the ones kind of constantly providing that encouragement. And if you're the, if you're on the receiving end of that, hopefully the, the, the thought process is that you'll kind of be inspired by that and take the time to sort of, uh, you know, give it back as well. Um, so that's definitely great mm -hmm. to see. Um, so let's get to this big announcement. I'm really excited. I'm sure you guys are too. Uh, so uh, Van, Amy, whoever wants to go, uh, let's let's make this announcement here. Yeah, definitely. I can take this one. Um, so our big announcement is, so back in 2014, our first year of uh, donating, we donated a whopping $1,200. This year, we are donating $25,000 to, to help students pay for college. So, you know, I'm a clap for that because, you know, we are very proud, very excited. Um, the applications open on May 1st and close on June 30th. And you can apply on spamfc.com. Some additional infos you know, to be mindful of is uh, you, you have to have at least a 2.5 GPA. Um, you can be a recent high school graduate or a current college student. This is a soccer-based-ish scholarship, but you do not have to play college soccer. Um, what we expect is to have a well-written essay. Make sure it's reviewed by your mentors or whoever you work with. Uh, one letter of recommendation, a high school or college transcript, proof of enrollment, and like I said before, you can go to spamfc.com and apply there starting on May 1st. So $25,000 this year. Um, the biggest one that we've donated so far. Uh, just a quick summary of what we're donating to. So we have four name scholarships uh, that's honoring our loved ones that, um, that left us way too soon. One is the Led Hong Scholarship for my dad. Uh, two is for the McMan McManus family for Evan and Damien. One is for Kai G, our friend, our teammate. Um, we also have a STEM scholarship um, and then a various number of uh, Spam FC legacy scholarships. Uh, the amount for those will range between $1,000 to 2,500. So make sure you apply, make sure you let uh, the kids that are in your life know about the scholarship because it's really a time for them to reflect on their experiences um, of what it meant to uh, to go through soccer and you know how they build community and what they can do uh, to continue with their education. That's amazing. Um, Follow-up question for you, Van, not to get too sappy here, but what's, what's it mean for you not only give this money to these kids to help pay for college, but also to do so in the name, you know, in the memory of, of these individuals, you know, who obviously mean meant and still mean so much to you. I think it's a, it's incredibly touching. So, you know, my dad obviously is very close to me. Evan, I used to coach him for uh, many years. I've known his dad, Damien, for many years as well for being a parent on the sideline and uh, a ref in the community. And Kai was like a little, a little brother to me. He's actually a few years younger, uh, was a teammate of, to a bunch of the Spam FC guys. To be able to honor and, and keep their memories alive through the work that we do 
um, we're so proud as a group to be able to do that. But at the same time, like, it's just, it gives us a greater purpose of, you know, of what it means to continue to honor them. Um, and, you know, we spend these late nights to honor them uh, just to, uh, you know, to, con to continue the legacy. So I'm getting a little choked up, but uh, yeah, it, I'm definitely very proud of, of the work that we do to continue to support them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Amy, as, as somebody who, um, you know, has, has kind of come into this fold and, you know, started to experience what the scholarship foundation means, not only to the kids who receive the scholarships, but obviously to the guys at Spam FC in that community, you know, how, I guess, how has that helped inspire you to help volunteer more of your time and kind of put that same amount of, of energy and passion into it as they do? Well, um, one of the things we often say about the board and all the people that kind of group into this spam is that it's a family and um, we, it's infectious. It, yeah. it is just one of those things that you just want to keep doing and whether it's, you know, us all hanging around at the soccer field or supporting somebody and I mean it really is a family and you can't help but want to just do more and be make it bigger and help more people and get more people involved it just naturally happens Van I want to I want to rewind a little bit and talk to talk about how the scholarship foundation sort of came to be you know obviously it, it has grown into what it is now but just this thought process of starting a scholarship foundation and giving back, you know, it's not something that necessarily seems very, very doable, very feasible on, on a, on a very large scale, I can imagine at first. So what gave you that initial inspiration to sort of kind of start this venture and start down this path of giving back to kids? Yeah. So I, I think, you know, the credit goes to definitely the group, you know, the board members, the volunteers and the people that support us. But I think, from a personal standpoint, um, I think this started before I even came to the States. So I grew up in Cambodia, I was born in Cambodia, uh, lived there for about nine years and then moved to the States in 1998. Um, education was very important to me. My parents actually allowed me to live at a Buddhist temple so I could go to school. Um, and moving to St. Louis Park, you know, having that language barrier, not being able to speak to, you know, other kids and, Soccer was definitely the outlet that allowed me to kind of equalize the fit playing field a little bit. You know, I just show up to a field, kick the ball around, try to play with other kids. I don't have to communicate. Mm -hmm. um, once I was able to join a team in St. Louis Park, um, that was uh, such an amazing community that took me in like a son. So, for example, a guy by the name of Bob Decker, he, you know, we call him the Spam FC Godfather because he coached a lot of us. Um, he took us all in like kids. So when we used to go to state tournaments in Rochester, Minnesota, uh, you know, I would literally sleep in the same hotel room with him and his son, Chris. Um, I would trick Chris to sleep on the floor and then I'd take the bed. Um, he still is giving me a hard time about that. <laughs> but the, the, the way that, the, that Bob has, you know, bought me lunches, uh, provide housing when we go to faraway tournaments, so when we got into college and started having professional jobs, it was a no brainer for all of us who played for Bob, who played for St. Louis Park 
to come in and find a way to give back to, to the community. So literally the inception of Spam FC Scholarship Foundation was we were playing pickup at Louisiana Oaks in St. Louis Park one day. And after pickup, we usually go to, across the street to a local pub uh, to have some some beers. So some, some IPA was the drink of choice back then. Play some of the calories um, that you lost during the, during the pickup. Exactly, exactly. You know, we were in our early 20s. Uh, calories was not a thing. It didn't exist in our life. <laughs> But basically, we sat around a table and said, you know what, let's do something nice for the community. And like two months later, uh, we put together a street soccer tournament. I remember Zigano, our friend Michael Anderson, rolling a uh, hand-me-down grill to a park nearby our, our house. And um, we raised about 1500 that day and then literally begged our friends for the additional $1,000. So we raised a whopping 2500 uh, for that first year and donated away 20, um, 1200. So that's kind of how we got started. And then once we got a little more uh, experience within our professional life, you know, we decided to turn this into more a, um, into an official nonprofit in 2016. So that allows us to open more doors in terms of donation uh, from corporate funding to just, you know, people wanting to, to donate and support us because it provides a little more legitimacy behind it. Mm -hmm. So I think just building that initial platform and growing with the, the with the team, bringing young people to help support and, and showcase their talent, it's just an incredible experience to be a part of it since the since the beginning. You you talk about how you know it's a no brainer for both of you to sort of give back to the community in the way you are, but I, you know it's it's not it's not it's unfortunate, but it's not it's not common <laughs> to have that impulse, right? To to do that. And especially do that in such a way that you both are. So I hope you both do realize just how, just how big your hearts are and, and how, you know, how great it is and what it says about both of you as people that you're willing to put such time and energy in, but also not necessarily even think twice about it. You know, it's just, it feels like it's just part of you guys. And I think that is just so incredibly awesome. Yeah, I think for that, it's just, it becomes second nature because, you know, as a kid who grew up in St. Louis Park, that's the love I felt growing up. And the best that, that I could do when I, you know, was able to establish myself is finding the same footing and try to dish it out as much as I, as I received, you know, as a kid. So um, I think, you know, the, the, the time point here is that seeing Kwame growing up, doing well in school and wanting to support him um it's just one of the things that we do as a group i know amy and i are here speaking but it's beyond us i mean the board is amazing the volunteers is amazing and then we're here be able to donate twenty five thousand dollars because you know we have a group of people that support us and, and believe in what we do uh in terms of you know providing support for the next generation of scholars um the people that you know, could use this help. And also hopefully this is a ripple effect where one nice thing leads to many, many more nice things. So, yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I feel like the soccer community, especially here in the Twin Cities and in Minnesota in general, is so community oriented and it's all about community everywhere. So everybody listening, you know, I'm sure um, can, can relate to you guys in, in that regard. And hopefully 
um, you know, this can inspire, you know, uh, not only to help donate to you guys, but also maybe help kind of take an, take an extra little step and a little extra initiative to kind of give back to their own communities in some way, shape or form, because I think that is super, super important. So I definitely uh, applaud you guys again for the work you guys are doing. Um, spamfc.com. Uh, this episode obviously is dropping on Friday. Saturday is when the scholarship actually opens or the applications open, correct, Van? Saturday, May 1st? Yep, that is correct. Um, the application process is very straightforward, uh, very simple. I think a couple, a couple of things that I ask, you know, for people that are listening to this is, even if you don't donate, like, please share it with the students that could benefit from this, because yeah. it's about them. It's not even about us. Like, sure, it feels great to raise money to give to people, but it's about providing access and supporting these people as they continue their educational journey to become whatever they choose to become in the future. And the other thing is, I don't know, I'm, I'm just really proud of the team. Um, you know, Amy and I get to represent them today, but at the end of the day, those are the, the guys that, you know, are volunteering their time um, to make this happen. So I have to, to say kudos to them and, and, and really appreciate them for all the work that they do. All right, again, spamfc.com, Saturday, May 1st is when applications open, open until June 30th. Is that yep, correct? that's that's correct. So June yeah. 30th, um, that's the hard deadline. Make sure you get it in there. Um, if you have any questions, you can feel free to reach out to me uh, through our website. And, you know, I'm, I'm more than willing to support whatever way I can. Awesome, awesome. All right, so let's move on to the soccer talk here. Got it. It's soccer podcast, soccer club. Got to talk soccer a little bit here. Um, MASL season coming up here in May. Um, I haven't been able to really get any, get much information. Uh, Van, do you know any more than I do at this point? Um, not that much, but I know a couple of things. So I know the season is going to be a full 18 game season. Uh, it's going to start, uh, I believe in early May. So in the next couple of weeks here, and then it'll end, um, in the first couple of weeks of August, I know the, some of the rules and regulations, uh, it's optional to wear a mask during the game, mm -hmm. but on the sideline, you have to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. Um, and from a spam FC perspective, we had a couple, uh, young bucks and, and a few vets. So I'm excited to see what the team does this year. Um, I know that the young guys are definitely very talented. Um, the old guys, Definitely can still play. We just added a guy by the name of uh, Phil Kennedy, uh, ex Sting Olaf, um, phenomenon, phenomenal player. So um, I'm excited to see what the guy does. Yeah. So you got the good mix. You got the young bucks and you got the old guys to sort of take them under their wing and sort of provide that experience. But also you can hang on the field too, right? So you can't, can't count you guys out in that regard either. Um, That's right. That's right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hopefully we can get more info on the upcoming MASL season across all divisions as, uh, as we move further along here and actually get into the month of May. Very excited to see uh, you guys take the field and also uh, very excited to see what's coming up with the uh, scholarship foundation and the lives that it's going to impact moving forward. Um, one way you can help support the scholarship foundation is also going to shopspamfc.com. Uh, we got the baby onesie up there. That was definitely a, uh, a by request and it's, it's yeah. become quite the hot item. So very, very cool to see that. Um, 
got the bird, ho- bird, bird hoodies. Wow. Bird hoodies still up. Uh, got the script collection and then also new items on the way. So definitely go check that out. Shopspamfc.com. Uh, Van and I are both wearing, I'm wearing the scholarship foundation tee. Uh, Van has his uh, St. Louis park long sleeve <laughs> tee on. So definitely great, comfortable, good looking merch. So go check that out again. Just one of the many ways you can help support uh, spam FC also go to spamfc.com, donate, or, uh, you know, just let somebody know, uh, who you think could, uh, use some help with the scholarship foundation. Again, that's the big piece, right? I mean, donating is great, but also just kind of getting the word out and raising the awareness, uh, for as many, as many kids who could possibly, you know, use this money. So definitely, um, either, either one of you, Amy or Van have any parting words, any, any last things you want to say before, uh, before we, uh, end this here. Amy, I'll let you go first. Oh, okay. Um, I guess what I'd say is that follow us, um, check out what we're doing and, um, you know, either get involved with us or give back to your community in another way, because it's, it's really exciting and inspiring and you can change, change things. Yeah. Change lives. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, the last the last thing I want to say a couple of things. First, Jeremy, 10K folks, thank you so much for the platform and the and the, the time for us to you know to push kind of what we do and, and share with the community. Absolutely. The second thing is the most important thing. Uh, when life comes back to normal again and we run each into each other in 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 the streets or whatever, first beer is on me. So you can yeah. count me in for that. I'll hold you to it. <laughs> I'm gonna He's save always good for this. a beer. He's I'm gonna always save good that. Yeah. I'm gonna save it on my phone when I see. That's him. right. Hey Van, play, and then let you know. Well, that's right. Well, we'll have to we'll have to meet us or connect uh, at Ladonia or something like that. You know, they're Absolutely. a huge supporter of ours. And yes. So, yeah. yeah so definitely, Jeremy. Thank you so much again, man. This is um, it's my um, pleasure. I, I love it. I love when we get to talk yeah. about Spam FC. So. I agree. I yeah, agree. thanks, Jeremy. It was really exciting to be here. It was great to uh, meet you over Zoom here, Amy, and talk to you and your perspective and your involvement with the uh, Spam FC Scholarship Foundation. Uh, in addition to Van, you have a standing invitation to come back on the podcast anytime you'd like. We'd be happy to have you. <laughs> awesome. I can be your uh, soccer mom. <laughs> there you go. The, te- the 10K soccer mom. There you go. I'm going to get you a- <laughs> I'm going to get you a special uh, 10K shirt with Soccer Mom in the oh, back. I would, send that over to you. That would be awesome. You know what? That's funny that you say that. That might be a hot item in the future. Right, exactly. It, it, might, it might actually be a hot item. Oh, man. All right. Van Hong, Amy Morris, both part of Spam FC Scholarship Foundation. Again, spamfc.com. May 1st till June 30th, applications are open. Donate or to let somebody know who you think could take advantage of this money, take, uh, you know, use this money to help pay for college. Definitely let them know about the Spam FC Scholarship Foundation. Van and Amy, thanks again. Thank you, Jeremy. Major, major thank you again to Cephas Dean, owner of Turbo Sports FC, and uh, Amy Morris and Van Hong of the Spam FC Scholarship Foundation, both coming on the podcast this week and talking about how they are each respectively sort of helping out the Twin Cities community in their own little way. Now let's get to what is on tap in the world of lower league soccer, because there is actual soccer on tap to talk about, and I'm so excited, UPSL the UPSL North, as I call it. And just to preface this, just to reiterate, because I have mentioned this before, 
I'm calling it the UPSL North because UPSL Midwest Conference West Division is just, it's, it's too much for me. So it's the UPSL North, even though it's not called the UPSL North, that is what I'm calling it. Kicks off this weekend, 6 o'clock at the Park Central Stadium in Brooklyn Park. The Brooklyn Knights host FC Minneapolis. Over in Burnsville, that's where I'm going to be at, Pop. Bob, Bob Pate Stadium uh, as Inter-Minneapolis hosts Rochester FC. I will be doing play-by-play for Inter-Minneapolis's home games this season, so very excited for that on Saturday. And then the nightcap, Flora FC hosts Dakota Young Stars, that also at 7 p.m. at the Richfield High School Stadium. Um, rounding out this first weekend or first week of action in the UPSL, it, that's happening actually on Wednesday, May 5th. Uh, Granite City FC hosts Turbo Sports up in Rochester, or excuse me, up in Rochester, up in St. Cloud, I should say. Um, not at Husky Stadium this year, where Granite City's played in the past. Since St. Cloud State actually has a soccer team, uh, Granite City can't use that stadium, so they're now relocating to the St. Cloud Technical College campus, I think. That's from the information I was able to gather from the team and from when I was able to do some research online. I believe St. Cloud Tech is where Granite City is playing their home games this year. So if I'm wrong, I apologize. That's... That's the information I have. So um, a lot of great stuff. And then uh, the other two teams, Brooke, or excuse me, Maple Brook 58ers and MC2, they will be kicking off next weekend. Uh, I believe MC2 kicks off uh, May 8th, and Maple Brook, I believe, is the same. So that is what's happening in this first week of action in the UPSL North. NPSL North kicks off next weekend, uh, and then May 16th, the WPASL kicks off. And then May 6th, actually a week from yesterday, a week from Thursday, um, is when the MASL kicks off. They just announced today they will be uh, starting their D1 season on May 6th. The 10 teams competing, and I don't have the list up at this very second, so I'm just going to stall and say the teams that I know while I am pulling up the list. It's Dynamo FC St. Cloud, Spam FC, Valora FC second team, um, Cardinals, Fire SC, there's a new club called Haka that is involved this year, which is pretty cool. FC Minnesota is involved, obviously. Force FC, Stegman's 1977, and Lions FC. That's who rounds out the 10-team Division One league in the MASL this year. And before we get out of here, obviously, uh, Minnesota United hosting Austin FC tomorrow night at Allianz Field, Saturday night, uh, 7 p.m. kickoff. If you are not Lucky enough to be one of the 4,000-plus at Allianz Field. There is another place where you can congregate with fellow Minnesota United supporters in an outdoor, open, safe setting, and that's at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. They're actually going to have an empanada truck there from 4 to 8 p.m., and then the game obviously starts at 7. So uh, it's just a really cool place. If you saw the videos that we took on our Instagram, you can go check those out, actually, at 10K Pitches on Instagram. Um, just, just a really cool spot to watch Minnesota United games. It's outdoor. Like I said, it's safe. It's going to be beautiful this weekend. So the weather is going to be perfect. Uh, Huge projection screen to watch the match too. So aside from Allianz Field, I actually would venture to say this is the best place you can go and watch Minnesota United with fellow Loons fans. It's at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. They ask that you RSVP. You can go to their Facebook page to do that or go to NinthStreetMPLS.com to RSVP before you go. Again, that is Saturday Empanada truck there from 4 to 8. Kickoff 7 o'clock for Minnesota United. Again, we are having a post-loon stream that I will not be part of, but Grant from the Dummy Run podcast and Eli Hoff, my two guests from the previous post-loons, uh, they will be your hosts for this round of post-loons. 
that will uh, get started right around 9.30 is when they'll go on um, over on our YouTube, on Twitter, at 10K Pitches. And if you can't catch it live on the stream and you'd rather listen instead of watch, it will be up on the podcast feed late uh, Saturday night. That will do it for the podcast this week. Thank you so, so much for listening, for tuning in. I do. I, I can't. I can't begin to tell you how much I appreciate it. Like I said, uh, we could not be here without you. We could not be here 47 episodes in, doing the things that we're doing with the rebrand, with the new look, with the new logo, all the great announcements that we have for you next week. That would not be possible without you, the listeners. So thank you so much. Thank you to Stimulus. Thank you to Surfshark VPN. Thank you to Night Street Soccer and Coffee. We will catch you next week on the podcast. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the Loons game. Enjoy all the great soccer happening this weekend and next week. We will catch you next Friday. Have a good one. Bye.